it's another Real Talk episode we've got for you today, and I've got a very special guest, someone you might recognise actually if you follow the podcast. Um, as you know, he was part of a BBC One documentary about mental health and sport. But the, the, the big thing about documentaries, there was four of us on the, on the TV show, all from around the country. Uh, luckily, one was quite local, well, 30 mile away. Um, it, it's Paul from the TV show I've got with me today, and we're going to talk about his kind of mental health, kind of um, how he's been since the TV show, and then kind of little bits in between. But we're just talking about lockdown. It's uh, got quite heated. <laughs> how are you, mate? All right. <laughs> I'm all right, pal. Yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Well, as well as can be, really. Um, how, how have you been? How's, uh, how's this lockdown treating you? Everything all right? And kind of bit, bit well, up and down? Well, yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair, I mean, all I've been doing is, is, is working. Um, and I, I mean, to be honest, I used to, before lockdown, what I used to do is I used to used to make sure that I, I got changed before I went to gym and then went straight to gym from work. And that were a routine. And then all of a sudden that routine's broke. And it's almost like my life has just been put on absolute hold. So from March onwards, it was it was like it was nice having a little bit of a break. Yeah, because to do with the break sometimes uh, just to sort of like clear your head and then get back into it but it, as it's got longer and longer and longer and longer and longer yeah it's, it was okay because I set myself up with a little gym in the garden um, and um, so that was okay but you know yourself going to a gym is uh, is more than just doing the doing the training it's about socializing it's about interaction with people it's about camaraderie and you know and it's motivation that you that you get from your, your mates that are around you or even people that are just there the motivation part they it hurts motivation wise when you've just got yourself in a garden with a punch bag and some weights and step ups and things like that and a mat there and you're thinking to yourself no i'm not doing that today yeah. you know you can get lazy um and, and you know uh, uh, nearly 58 year old you, you do get slightly lazy every now and again yeah you do it um, <laughs> but um as it started progressing i started missing that that routine that um going to gym straight after work and uh, and whatever you and then um then when other gyms opened my little gym couldn't open that that sort of like that hit me big big style um and now I'm, I'm so very 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 body conscious um what i think i mean i think i've, I've put on a bit of weight i know i've put on a bit of weight uh i put on a trouser size i've gone from 30 to 32 i went down from 48 yeah down to down to 30 yeah but now 32 uh, and it's like I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it because the trousers that I bought, it's like, oh, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's because of the lack of training that I'm not doing, and uh, it hurts. It really does. Yeah. Um, it's tough, it? I so, think the gym's been shut and stuff, and if you, if, you, if, you, if you know Paul from the TV show or, or anything like that, you, you know fitness and getting healthy and changing habits and routines and getting... To a gym and boxing and stuff, which we will talk about a bit in a bit. But like, 
big part of his kind of mental health and keeping him kind of on a level playing field and that shutting down. It's a bit like, I, I, I did the same really. Like, I put on a bit of weight during lockdown. I think like everybody did. That's why I bought elasticated jeans. And I'll just tie them and then they're all right, are they? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a bit more kind of stuff later on in the in the, in the episode. But um, I like to always, I, I know you, everyone knows, I like to get the kind of stuff from like your, your beginning days, Paul. So he's from Doncaster. So I don't know if I need subtitles at the bottom. I'm not sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was your kind of childhood like? Was you always kind of a big kid when he was when he was younger at school and stuff? No, I was I was scrawny. Um, I was one of those kids that could. And my mum always used to say, no matter how much our Paul eats, he never puts weight on. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was a very very active kid. Um, I used to play football badly, but I still played football. Like all kids, you go out, you kick a ball around, and you put some. Uh, jumpers down for goalposts and, and what have you. Uh, play a bit of 10 points. You know, 10 points is where you have to head the ball in from a corner or volley it in. You don't know. No, no, no. Uh, probably an old game. Heads it's probably volley. a bit. Sorry? Heads and volley. What's a volley? Heads and volleys, uh, that's what it's called, isn't it? Uh, QR, heads and volleys, that's what you call it. We used to call it 10 points. Because <laughs> it was 10 points. First one, 10 points, you go in goal. Ah. Uh. I didn't like that bit. Um, so yeah, I used to do that. I used to used to uh, go on bike where wherever you know, cycle all over the place. Yeah, I used to play a lot of football, and um, that I used to do a lot of swimming. Um, I was a competitive swimmer for for years, and um, so I kept myself fit. So really and truthfully, it really didn't matter what I ate. Um, the fact is that we, we never had a lot of money, so cupboards weren't always full. Uh, we didn't have a freezer, we didn't have loads of meat in freezer, that kind of thing. We just bought, it was just a, a normal kind of 1970s household where you, you bought fresh on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was with limited money. My mum was a, uh, she was a dinner lady. So that was only a part-time job, just working around kids. Um, so money that was coming in was very limited. The, the guy that she married, uh, my half-sister's dad, um, he was nearly always unemployed, um, spent most of the money that he had on gambling on horses. Um, and, you know, so it really, weight-wise, no, I didn't start putting on weight until, until I started in psychiatric nursing. Um, sat on my ass all day drinking coffee and, uh, <laughs> and smoking. So, you know. and, uh, so but, uh, like, men mentally then, when you was kind of growing up and stuff, was everything kind of, was there any kind of issues when you was a kid? Was it, was your... Quite a, quite yeah. a happy kind of kid. No, no, it were it was massive. I had massive mental health problems, um, but I, I hit it really, really well. Everybody used to think, "Oh, he's a lovely lad. He's you know, he's very cheeky. This is you know, he's he's full of full of beans." And it, I learned from a really early age how to wear that armor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I've invented my own coping strategies and I used to 
make jokes about things and used to be the class clown, yeah. uh, get into trouble a lot. And it only because of what was happening in the house. Um, I mentioned my, um, I don't call him my stepdad because he was never a stepdad. He never adopted me, but he, he lived there. He married my mom um, after my dad died. And um, then I've, uh, I have a half sister. Basically, I was battered from pillar to post by him, from being uh, sort of like six years old. This is as far back as I can remember the very first smack to the head with a fist, um, from being six to being to the point in which she divorced him in '77. Um, so it's it was like I mean, put that into context. I was born in '62, um, so. It's, you know, it was, it was bad. Um, I used to dread going home when my mum wasn't there. My mum used to run the brownies. Um, I was in, and I only joined the Scouts because it was a, it was a, a, a it was an outlet not to be in the house with him on the same yeah. night as my mum were doing brownies. Um, it was, it was an awful time. And, I basically, you know, that was uh, something I didn't mention before, but, um, you know, I can mention it now. It's, um, so what kind of like, did you, what did that kind of make you feel like then as a kid? Did it make you feel like, you know, whatever you did, you was, you was always on the bad side of things or was it just, is it, is it me triggering it or anything like that? Or was it just a, a thing that it was a bit of a dickhead? It was a dickhead. Yeah. He was an absolute dickhead. Um, even his own dad said to my mum when, and this is what my mum said, you know, afterwards, is his own dad said, I don't know why you're even with this fella. Yeah. So if his own dad would say that, there's got to be something wrong. Um, so, but, you know, my mum in a naivety and everything else, you know, she'd got a, a young, she'd got a, you know, a young child, um, widowed, um, struggling to make ends meet, mm. you know, and you do, you, sometimes people rush into things, and I think my mum actually rushed into it just to provide a, a, a sort of stable support for me, uh, but, you know, these, these things happen. Um, so, yeah, I... I learned though to to hide things really, really well. Yeah. And also how to how to just you know um, shield myself in a way. Um, never managed to shield. Me. I, I always knew because I just used to sort of like stay in my room with my records, and I also you know if he shouted, "Oi, the." Um, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. I'd have to come down. I'd come down, and then it'd be smack. Um, it broke my nose. Um, and then, you know, it's like after after he'd beat me up, make the cup of tea. Yeah. I wouldn't dare anything else. I was just so scared. I was only a child. I'm so scared. And then it, uh, it'd be chuff off upstairs. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like, out, out my sight. Yeah. 
not nice. And then I had over, overshadowing me all the time. By the time you're 16, you're going to be out. Yeah. So right from an early age, right from sort of like primary school, it was like, you're going to be out by the time you're 16. I don't want you living here. And, um, well, by the time I was 16, he'd gone. So that was, that was great. He is the only person that I've gone, yes, when he died. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I I just I got a text from my sister saying, "Oh, uh, dad died," and and I just went, "Okay, girl." And it's then in front of a load of people. I went, "Yes!" (laughs) I was like, "What?" I says, "I said the most horrible man in my life has just died." Oh, you can't say that. I can. I just did. Yeah, of course you can. You know, yeah. and, you know, just that put closure on it. Yeah. Totally put closure on it. Yeah. Um, because whilst you were alive, all I wanted to do was, was just, uh, I felt it just, there was revenge, 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 revenge. I never did it, but it was always there. Now it's gone, it's gone. Did you ever think about it though? Did you ever wonder if you'd ever bump? Did you ever like bump into him or anything like that, or like in the pub or yeah. football and stuff? Yeah, often, often. Well, not often. When I say often, probably about four times in four times in twenty years. Um, but it was more of a more of a sort of. Well, one day I did bump into him. It was like. Uh, so in 1981 time, 1982, and um, uh, he looked rough, and what he what he tried to commit suicide, <laughs> and at that time, something went through my head. No, I'm only in my early twenties, and it went through my head. Should I let him die? I've got a conscience, and. The first thing I did, we were very, very close to a, a health centre, mm. and uh, I ran into the health centre, dived over the counter, before mobile phones. This mate, and uh, and asked to get the phone, and I phoned nine 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 and got the ambulance out to him. That was the day that it said that that was the day that I decided that I should go into mental health nursing really? because I was impressed. I was impressed with the way. The, the nurses were on the ward, yeah. and what they were doing with the other with the other uh, with the other service users, I was really really impressed, and uh, I thought to myself, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, in a way, as well as doing what he did, he helped, he really it helped me get my get my head in order for what I wanted to do. Did you ever? Um... I know it's thingy, but did you ever just think about just fucking, just fucking chinning him <laughs> when you saw it? I know yeah. it sounds like thingy. Did you ever just think about, oh, God, oh. like when you see yeah. him, did, like, did they all kind of like, not like, yeah, did, did just a little mind. bit? Yeah, it went through my mind. And the but thing is, I, I know that if, if I'd have, if I'd have hit him, I would have, probably enjoyed it in him so much I wouldn't have stopped yeah 
So in my own mind, I'm thinking, is he worth doing time? Is it worth doing time for him? And it wasn't. It wasn't worth doing time um, because he's not worth it. You know, um, it just let him stew in his own, in, in his own self pity, in his own self worth. Um, because you know, I know I'm better than him. I know I'm better than than what he's done. Uh, I know one day he phoned my mum, and, uh, and this was after after the hospital business and everything else. And I got gone into psychiatric nursing, and he said, and he phoned my mum, and he said, you know what, said, Paul, it's turned out really good, hasn't it? And she said, well, yeah. She said, no thanks to you. He said, well, I know. He said, I feel really guilty for it. Um, but, you know, it's come out the, the right side. And uh, yeah. that was the only time that, um, until he was on his deathbed, and he said to our girl, he said, tell Paul I'm sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. But it took him until he were dying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I mean, he couldn't have said that to me, to my face. Yeah. Paul, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, whether whether it would have whether it would have made any difference, because the saying sorry and there's meaning it. Yeah. You don't you don't abuse a child for that long, and 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 then say, oh, I'm sorry for what I did. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> you've ruined you've ruined my childhood. You've ruined my young adulthood. Yeah. And it's like, are you sorry? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, pal. Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And it was, so then weight-wise, I didn't start putting it on until I, st I got lazy. Um, I got really lazy, especially in psychiatric nursing. There's, in the old days, it was just, well, it was an easy job in a way. You know, uh, just you paid to sit down and smoke and have a coffee with patients. And it's like, wow, this is good. But I did start putting on weight then. And um, uh, I got, then it just, I just started getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And then looking back at older photos of me and then from 19... From 1993 onwards, it was just piling on weight, piling on weight, piling on weight. And I honestly it got to the point where um, a photograph of me uh, in Barcelona in the summer of 2017. And I looked like I was ready to drop. I looked like I was a heart attack waiting to happen. Bad. That was really, really bad. Um, and honestly, I I thought that my life was over. Mm. I honestly thought my life was over. I looked, used to look in the mirror and go, you know what, this is it now, isn't it? This is the winter years of my life and that's it. Um, there's no no help uh, until, until I thought, I, I actually saw a, a thing for walking football and I thought, you know, if, walking football that doesn't sound too bad I can get a little bit, little bit of fitness levels in and you know roughly people my age and whatever yeah I could do that accidentally went on the wrong to the wrong place and ended up at Fit Rovers 
because uh, the thing was meant to be retro rovers and I got fit rovers and um, and then I got a phone call we've had a dropout would you like to join now and this was in January uh, 2018 I went yeah yeah I'll go on then I'm really looking forward to it well there's a video I, I, nobody seems to know where it is anymore but I saw this video of me on that very first day and I <laughs> waddling along um, and it, it was, and from then on, it was it was good, but then it was boxing that changed it. Um, uh, yeah, you mentioned bloke, you about boxing and stuff. Yeah, and then the a bloke that um, that used to come down because they had like with Fit Rovers, they do an eight week introductory course where you do an hour of exercise, but before then you do an hour in classroom of healthy eating. Um, healthy lifestyle, that kind of thing, just nutrition and, and things like that. And um, so I was, um, whilst in the, in the classroom, we then get somebody to come and talk to us about mental health. And this boxing coach had gone through um, a lot of problems himself. Um, he tried to commit suicide when he was younger. He ended up in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, and what came out the other side. So good role model and everything else. Um, and um, so he then put an invite out to Fit Rovers, why don't you come down? And it was only meant to be initially eight weeks. Um, so there were like, I think there were 12 of us that went down. Now, there's only about five of us still from that ver that first lot that that still went um but it extended and extended and extended until basically it went from one night a week for me to four nights a week i enjoyed it that much yeah and then my my waistline just went <laughs> i was like wow this is great it's absolutely fantastic and without the boxing without the boxing at a at a proper struggle um yeah. i just want to talk about like obviously your relationship to like kind of food and mental health and stuff because you said on the show didn't you that as you gradually got worse and worse and worse mentally your food intake just gradually got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger, bigger. Yeah. so like would you would you, yeah comfort eating yeah like emotionally eating and stuff where yeah. did you say that obviously that kind of triggered you from from work did you, did you, you said that didn't you? like like it triggered from work you think well i was uh, for years, for years, um, the the issues, the 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 mental health issues have always been there in, in my head, no matter no matter what. And I've had a a lot of ups and downs. But food, love food, I absolutely adore food. I mean, I'm a. <laughs> I always say I'm 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 a. Uh, in, it used to be inside this fat body is a thin person trying to get out. Inside this thin body is a fat bastard trying to get out. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I do like food. I, 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 I have a. To say I've got a sweet tooth is not is not correct because I hate sweets. Yeah. Um, I used to then, I would trough at night whilst watching telly. Uh, maybe three or four bags of crisps and uh, and, and and sort of savouries and and things like that. It was like, 
know, I could not pass Greg's without having... <laughs> I remember one day going to work, going by pie shop and, and going, well, that's a shame it's closed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And it's like... And then I get it in my head, right, I want a couple of pies. And I wouldn't just have a couple of pies. I'd have to have a couple of pies, a sausage roll and something else. Yeah. But I'm eating it at the wrong times. But being in, in nursing and in care, in that environment, you grab when you can. Yeah. Uh, nights kill me. Same. Because you can't, you can't eat appropriately on nights. Your body's got to turn around and your body says, I don't like eating at one o'clock in the morning. I'm not used to it. So then your, your metabolism's not, not kicking in properly because you're not, going, you're not going to gym at that time. You're going to gym. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And uh, At the moment, I'm on nights. So it's like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that, that sort of like that. I'm trying to keep my, my food down to a minimum. Um, just pasta and rice and things like that. But uh, I, it's, I know I can feel, it doesn't feel right. Eating there then at that time doesn't feel right. You have like, did you have like a bad relationship with food and mental health? And did you relate kind of a bad mental health with food as well? So like that kind of emotional thing of yeah, basically, of happy kind of thing. Yeah. The fatter I got, the more depressed I got, and the more I ate. Yeah. Vicious, vicious circle. Um, I stopped, when I stopped smoking, uh, I stopped smoking in 2002. And to me, that was the biggest, the biggest thing that I ever did. Uh, it was fantastic to overcome that nicotine, uh, that nicotine intake. Um, and then somebody said, well, if you can stop smoking... You can diet. I've tried all diets. They don't work on their own. Um, and so, and, and, and to be honest with you, you get fed up after a little while doing, uh, of being on a diet. You know, I tried Atkins. I tried, um, I tried th uh, 2,000 calorie diet. I tried um, intermittent fasting. I've tried everything. It's all crap, mate. It's all that. Um, cutting down, eat whatever you, to me, it's eat whatever you like, but cut down on your portion sizes. That was for me. It was, it was basically, you know, fat, depressed, eat. Yeah. Looking, depressed, eat. Uh, when did you notice like something was drastically wrong then? What, when did you notice that? You just had to just, was it kind of like mentally and stuff like that? Did you notice a big change? And obviously, obviously, like body confidence and stuff, was that horrendous? Physically, what used to happen, and it, it dawned on me, I was, uh, I was in the supermarket um, with the wife, and I'm there and I'm holding the middle of my back, and it was so painful. And then it was, it just dawned on me, it's that weight I'm carrying at the front. I'm holding it back like a pregnant woman, you know? It's like, wow. And, and I couldn't walk very far. I had to, 
I were out of breath and I were getting chest pains and I thought, oh no, this is this is not good. Physically, physically, I was I was an absolute I was like if you just like I was fifty going on ninety. And then in two thousand late two thousand and seventeen, sort of December two thousand and seventeen, I had to excuse myself from work. Um drove home from Sheffield to Doncaster. Great. Feeling awful. Um went to the docks and I had uh, a mild a mild heart attack. I'd driven. I'd driven whilst having a mild heart attack. To me I just felt shit. But I, I and it was like so sort of sweating and I was feeling like this and it's like but it'll be right, it'll be right. Once I get home, it'll be fine. And um yeah, so and the doctor said basically, you know, you really have to do something about it. It'd been it'd been on at me for for it must have been two or three years. Lose weight, Paul. Lose weight, Paul. Uh, otherwise, you know, one of these days it's gonna be a last. Yeah. You know, the last time you have a you have any, any problems with your chest, it could be a last time. And it scared me. It really scared me. Uh, so I had to do something. Um, but I have nightmares. I literally have nightmares of getting fat again. So I've gone the whole circle, and it's like I'm body conscious now, but it's it's this little fold, and it's like, oh, my God, I'm putting weight on. Oh, my God, I've, yeah. got, to, I've got to lose this. Yeah, I do that all the time. It's a bad thing. <laughs> um, so was that was that kind of a thing to say? Look, I need to get my ass into gear. Was that mentally as well? Then was that I need to kind of sort out what's kind of going on a little bit and it weren't habits and stuff. Yeah, to be honest with you, it it weren't until I sort of like assessed where I was going and what I was doing and everything else because you tend what was happening is I was tending to just go through life and just you know taking it on the chin, taking it on the chin, taking it on the chin. And I, I did no no great analysis of of what was happening with myself at that time because that was me, you know. Uh, but it was only sort of like afterwards, and and it dawned on me. And I thought, Do you know what, this is this is ridiculous. And it was when I first started Fit Rovers. One of the coaches said that when I first started, I was a pain in the ass because I was uh, can I say I was very. I don't know. Uh, I I was putting barriers up yeah. all the time. Always putting barriers up. Um, I'm all right, Jack, sort of thing. You know, I'm all right here. I'm all right. Whereas, whereas I weren't. It wasn't wasn't until later that I realised. You know, God, I'm feeling really happy now. I'm feeling good now because I'm not having these pains. I'm not having backache. I can run. I can walk. I I mean. Doing the doing the Yorkshire Three Peaks was like uh, crazy. If I'd have contemplated doing that, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. But then all of a sudden, I'm doing that, and it's like, wow, I can do these things, and I've got a new lease of life. I'm fitness-wise, I'm back to the fitness I was when I was when I was sort of like 22. Yeah. So it's 
I just ashamed that the, the face and everything else didn't go back to 22. Yeah, tell me about. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there any kind of like really low point during that period then? That really kind of, like you look back on now and think, you know what? Like that, that really kind of hit home and really, I, I like did, that was the, the lowest point. Yeah, I did contemplate suicide. Really? Yeah, I did contemplate it. Um, I have been at that low where I've just wanted to, so I've just gone through my mind, how am I going to do it? So what, I've what even kind of, what, Sorry, Paul, what kind of brought that on? Was it just a combination of things? and Combination of absolutely everything. Um, when you get to a low place, you then start, you, you start creating lots of debt and things like that because your mind's not on, on anything. Um, so then I'm starting to get behind with, uh, with rent, uh, with not so much rent. Well, I did in the early days rent, and then I bought, and then we bought the property, and then I start getting behind with the mortgage. I start getting behind with the bills. Start getting behind with everything, and I've, then I've got bailiffs at the door and and everything like this, and it's like, oh, I can't cope. Yeah, can't cope. That's all to do with where my mental state was, because I, I couldn't get my own life in order, let alone finances. I mean, finances, bloody hell. Finances take it takes a genius to, to work out anyhow, you know, because I'm crap with money. But um, I've managed to, again. I, that's something I've managed to do uh, since uh, since I've got my my own health back. Uh, is I've managed to sort my finances out. But at that point, look to myself. Yeah, you fat old bastard. What are you worth? Nothing. Yeah. And I used to just, uh, one day I just got in a car and I, and I drove and drove. I had every intention to just, just knock it and just topping myself. Didn't know how, really didn't know how. And then I thought, do you know what? Is it for me? I'm thinking, if I do, if I do that to myself, I'm only gonna then burden the people who I'm leaving behind. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want that. I didn't want that for my for my family because they're just gonna live their the rest of their life, one knowing that a wife has lost her husband and my kids have lost a dad through suicide. That's only gonna burden them. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, um, so I, I I drove back, and uh, never told anybody. Just where you been? I'd just been for a drive. Just took in the scenery and, and just drove back. So, so if you, did what kind of made you kind of think? Do you know what? I need to kind of turn that around. Was it that kind of moment? In the, think do you know what? I need yeah. to... It was all. It was all building up. It was all building up. We're talking like two thousand and. 2015, 2016. Um, so not, so not long ago then, no, really. No, no. no. So this is, I, I mean, early on, I, I never even, I would have never contemplated, never have contemplated suicide. Never. Um, I had a, when I was seeing a psychiatrist, um, he said, have you ever con contemplated suicide? Nah, I value life too much. And that's what he used to say. It was only towards later on, 
and, and, and it, it's a combination of getting older, um, getting fatter, and and basically feeling shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, then the, the 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 sort of like the finances spiraling out, and it's like, you know, you know, it's, it, it just it was just snap bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, I, when I was when I was like that, I I, I just buried my head in the sand and just like, just forgot about yeah, everything. Definitely. Yeah, that's exactly what what you what you do. That's exactly what happened. You know, let us come through. You hide them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you don't see them, they're not there. I used to hide them, and then my mum used to find them, and like I used to be like grinding half in debt on my phone bill, chill. What's this? And then that just compounds everything, doesn't it? Because then you have to own up. Exactly. Exactly, uh, exactly. That's that's exactly right. And it's like when you when you sort of like burning all your old uh, your old letters and things like that that you don't need anymore. That you know they've come out your filing system and loads that haven't been opened. What's this? Nah, don't worry about that. You know, it's like, it's now. It's now. It's probably like, telling me I'm I'm six thousand pound in debt or something like that. You know. Yeah. Um, managed to get out. of that. Again, you know everything. Uh, everything since uh, since January two thousand eighteen, everything's been. It's been steady. Obviously, you can't do things overnight, but it's been steady. And by the time I'd done, by the time I'd done uh, the, uh, the the BBC documentary, um, and subsequently after that, it was things had start. Things were starting to get better and better and better and better and I managed to clear all debt by the end of 2018. Oh great. Yeah. So big step in it. It is. It is. Yeah. And then um it was it was then just consolidate what I'd got. Um well like, but yeah. like you, you cleared all your debt and stuff, but looking back at that point where you was literally in the car thinking about spinning it off the road. If you'd look back now, like knowing what you know now, you'd have gone, oh, do you know what? That's quite an easy fix. Or that's quite a simple little thing that I just let go and go and go, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it is. And, you know, I've just, you know, it's just all I can say. It's all of a sudden it felt like that, yeah, things started, it started clearing. Uh, like, like I say, by mid-2018, things started to clear. And it's like, you know what? There is light. There is light at the end of this tunnel now, yeah. and uh, and it's it wasn't just it's not just the exercise. It's not just the the cutting down on the food. It's also the people that are around me. Yeah. Not family. I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about those people that are in the same boat as me, so to speak. Whether it's whether when it's at boxing or whether it's at football or whether it's at Rovers, the people that are in my circle of friends have all been in that kind of dilemma. And um, whether it's weight problems or whether it's just mental health problems, um, I mean, there's some people at, at Rovers that you would think, what's he? What, what what does he need to be here for? Yeah. He's as fit as a fiddle. He's he's is shredded like oh, and yet, what what's he got to worry about? Mental health problems. 
you know, you get talking to the people like that. And it's like, God, I was so depressed, man. I wanted to do this and this and this. And it's like, oh, wow. You know. But like you, you, know, you can... It's like the say, isn't it? You truly never know what people are going through until you actually talk to them or like if they say anything, no, do you don't. really? No, That's no, you don't. One of the big misconceptions. You don't really know. Honestly, you don't, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. I, I mean, look at our mate, Tom. Yeah. That's prime example. You know, you don't know. You look at him um, and you could, you know, you look at him and think, wow, there's a picture of health. But you yeah. don't know. Yeah, you really don't know, do you, really? And that, I think yeah. that's why, like, like, you, like when you was at that point and stuff, I think it's important that people speak about it a lot more. Like, we're going to talk about the documentary in a minute, but, like, yeah. the thing of, like, talking and spreading awareness around it will help a lot more people. Because they, they can, like, tend to know kind of for... Like, see what's going to happen if they keep going down the same path. You'll yeah. end up like yourself, or you'll end up like me, or like Tom, or some of the other people I've had on there. You'll end up in the same place. So it's kind of like, if you know what's coming, you can kind of go, right, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do that. Let's put things in place where I can get better and stuff like that. Which is why it's important that people talk about it, I think. Well, that's right. And, and, and the fact is that at that point in time, you are, you are, you are mapping the rest of your life in a good way so you can then you can then put that path down for your your own family to follow you yeah yeah and uh and and, and that's the way um i i do i mean i always think my eldest boy um who's who he's in london he's he's earning lots of lots and lots and lots of money uh and he always he credits it he credits it to me yeah. So you know, if it hadn't been for me pouring in the work with him, and it's like, well, you know, that that that's okay. What happened to other three kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, you ever, at that point, did you ever speak to your to your to your, your lovely missus or anything like that, or did you ever tell her tell her anything or tell mention it to your kids or anything like that, like where you was? No. How come? Uh, uh, only of... only in later, only in later years. Only in later years, when I felt that I needed to, uh, because I lock, I locked a lot of stuff up. Um, like I said, going back to the uh, early days, the school days, um, I found a way of building a barrier. I found a way of self-counsel, and it was. It was easier to do that than open up. Yeah. I would only open up to professionals. Um, and then I would only semi-open up. Um, uh, it was... Uh, when I was in my really, really, really dark place, people... I mean, I was... Um, I was always very creative. And... Um, I was writing a, writing a book um, about my the village that I grew up in and, and what have you. And I'm sat talking. I'm sat talking. Well, these these are thinking I'm talking to myself, but I'm actually talking to somebody. I'm actually writing about a historical figure from the from the village, and she sat outside of me, and I'm talking to her. That's in my own head. Yeah. Um, other instances where I've I'm. Uh, I used to draw a lot, and some of the drawings that came out of my head 
um, well, when I showed my psychiatrist them, he just looked at me as if to say, you sick bastard. <laughs> yeah. Was it like a serial killer, like with a draw the draw shit? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I thought that bad. <laughs> I don't see that. Um, but I haven't, haven't done anything like that in, in, in such a long time. I look back at them now and I look back at some of my writings, some of my poems and things like that. And I, I think, Christ, your head was somewhere else. Um, but then my last book that I wrote was on mental health. Um, and it was, it was basically to help people who are, are, you know, are either thinking about entering mental health as a job or those who want to learn a little bit more about the in, in, inner workings of, of mental health, where it started, the history of, um, of mental health treatment and, and things like that. And um, that was the last book that I actually wrote. Did that help you? Was that oh, your kind of therapy, like, instead of obviously telling people? Yeah, very cathartic. Yeah. I've tried writing. I, I just can't do I it. I love the history. I love the history of the lunatic asylums and things like that. You know, it's, uh, uh, it just, I, I can sit down and read. I've got loads of books with, you know, old books on, on the, on old style psychiatry and things like that, where they used to do lobotomies and, uh, and, uh, and things like that. And it was like, yeah, uh, I just, I just find it fascinating stuff. See, I'd love to be able to write that. I always say I'm going to read a book. I just I read about if it doesn't get me within about two chapters, I say I can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to. Like all my friends say, "Oh, have you read this? You need to read this. You need to read this." And I get it. Like within about the first two paragraphs, if it ain't bought me, that's it. I'm very like audio books. I like audio books. So I can listen and I can listen and fall asleep to. Yeah, that kind of thing. And if I wake <laughs> up and it's still in me, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we talked about your kind of your, your lowest points and stuff. That kind of kickstarted you into into your kind of recovery and getting better. So what what was it then? Was it um, uh, getting in, involved with Fit Rovers at Donny Donny Rovers and stuff? Was that was that the kind of big changing point? That was the catalyst. That was the catalyst for everything else. Um, it was, to be honest with you, it was the exuberance of the of the coaches. And uh, they're around me that just sort of like I, well, I was impressed with. Um, and there, there was this, uh, like, it was, they were so open to everybody and every, everything. And it was, um, I felt, I felt at home. I really did. I felt at home with them. And um, there was, you know, the group of people that I was with and, and, and such like that, it was good. And that was, that was the start. Um, just, and, and, and as I said, it was like one week in the classroom. And sorry, one, it was once a week, one hour in the classroom and one hour, just sort of like doing circuit training. Very, very light circuit training. You know, no, when it was weights, there's no weights on the bar. Just, just a bar, um, and uh, and and sort of um, Russian ropes and, and things like that. And um, when we were doing kettlebells, kettlebells, it was only like um, little big ones. 
Yeah, well, we're just six kilograms. Heavy, <laughs> but when when you're like, you don't need anything like that. It's just a matter of just getting yourself moving. Yeah. Um, and I mean, doing things like star jumps and 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 such. And I was, you know, jogging on the spot. As 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 easy as it sounds to us now, it yeah. was bloody hard then. Yeah. I struggled to get my feet off at ground, mate. <laughs> It's a big thing, isn't it, though, going from where you was, kind of at that point of actually thinking, you know what, fuck this, I'm, I'm, I'm going, kind of thing, to where you were. Yeah. It's a big step, isn't it, to kind of get over, to actually go to a gym or start exercising. What would you kind of, yeah. what would you kind of advise people to do? The thing is, it's different, though. It wasn't... The difference between a gym and, and what that was, basically, it was all held at the Keepmount Stadium. So... And, and Keep Moat Stadium, they, they have a, a Club Doncaster. It's, they have a college there anyhow. Um, so the classrooms are already made and, and, and everything else. So you, you use one of those classrooms. We actually did the exercises in the concourse, you know, where the bars are in the football ground. So you've got, and, and the toilets, so you've got, you've got this long concourse, which we, which we, utilized and it didn't feel like a gym yeah so it's not that enclosed space where you've got people coming in who are looking like adonises and preening themselves in mirrors yeah that kind of thing and, and it's like you know what uh, that would have if it had been like that that would have put me off yeah absolutely. that would have put me off right away and although also everybody's starting at the same the same time not necessarily same physiques like I said earlier, but everybody's starting at the same time. Yeah. And probably none of us had done any exercise for at least 10 years. Some a lot longer. But we all went for all different things. We all went for different, for different reasons. Um, so, yeah, that was, the, that was the, the absolute start. So it was only one hour a week. Um, until August that year, and when we were introduced to the to the boxing, and then it was two hours a week, and then by October, I was doing sort of well doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, I, and I then football on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, I, I did that. I got the bug straight away. Like, the first two hours, I remember when I first started the gym. See, my, like, the gym I went to was, like, I started, I started like you, I started at, this, like, a boot camp. I've had Ian Morrison on, uh, mentioned on his podcast, I started with Ian when he did these boot camps. Yeah. I, I found stuff like that a lot easier to get into than a gym, because a gym's it's quite insular, isn't it? It's you. It and is. Own. So if you are... Yeah going through a kind of mental thing where you are feel like you're on your own, a gym's the worst thing to go to. Yeah, it is. Kind yeah. Of something a bit more social, like in a park, or grab a couple of mates and just go for a run or go for a jog or something. So do yeah. something a little bit more social with a group of people, because obviously then you'll kind of make friends and you'll kind of add, like you, you, you got talking to a guy you've never talked to before and you found out, you know, you had something in common and that kind of thing. I think that will yeah. help you a little bit more than going to a, a gym where it's just you your earphones and you're on your own yeah exactly exactly and and to be honest with you i i never thought i mean the thought of me walking into a boxing gym 
that's could have that is one of the most intimidating places you could ever go to for somebody who doesn't know i mean if if somebody said to me oh come down to lindome and uh and 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 meet the lads and it's like i wouldn't have i just wouldn't have because you get this image in your head of a of a dark dingy smelly <laughs> yeah. yeah gym um that and you've got and, and you know you've got all these mean looking people you know and, and it's like cut to shreds you know it's like you know shredded like and it's like it was nothing like that when i got in it was nothing like that everybody was so friendly everybody was lovely and it was like oh welcome you know and one of the one of the most one of the nicest things that any that somebody said to me and for anybody outside of boxing they'd think what an idiot but it was like we sweat together we bleed together yeah, yeah. i mean we do we kick you know you you're literally you're literally punching and you, you are making people bleed and then at the end of it you're cuddling each other i always say that you know you kick shit off each other for 20 minutes then you touch gloves and say well done like yeah exactly. Next week. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and it's like you know you build up a really good relationship with people around you and uh, it's it's just so nice from the from the kids upwards it's such a lovely place to be it's just a shame that covid yeah just yeah yeah like i always say i always think you should go like like a big group thing first i think that's a big thing and obviously like i've started yeah. doing bits and bobs kickboxing and stuff like that, a little bit of boxing and stuff which is fantastic i love it i used to do it when i was um mentioned to tom when on this podcast we used to go to st paul's here where luke campbell's from and that Luke yeah. like st paul's in the town center i used to do that as a kid because i used to be bullied as a kid so my dad went all I tried everything. I tried martial arts. I tried boxing. I really like, but I used to like. I used to love it. I think it's, it's fantastic. It's such a great thing to get into. You don't have to obviously end up to be Anthony Joshua, but it helps. But look how many people it's helped. Look at AJ. Yeah. You know, AJ was ninety percent down the wrong end. Yeah, and yeah. Look at the people it's helped, and it does. It just instills that little bit of discipline. And if you're in that kind of mentally kind of unshaky space, like boxing's a really good thing to start. I think Tom's talked about it on here before as well. It is. It is. It's a. It's a. It's a great. It's a great one. And and you know. And and to be honest with you, a lot of boxing clubs do a, a lot of good charity work within within the community as well. And and that's another thing that people don't see. They don't see this. They don't see how much the boxers actually do give back. Yeah. You know, it's not all about take take code. Um, yeah. Glad so to be part of that. It's through it's through your exercise and fit rovers that you got recommended for some poxy little TV show on it. What was that one again? Remind me. <laughs> Do you remember it was on telly? <laughs> yeah. yeah, people keep reminding me. And those <laughs> rovers keep saying, "Which shoulder did he touch?" <laughs> this one in. This one in. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, as as we mentioned, we, we was part of this documentary on BBC One. I'll, if you've never seen it. Oh, if you if you if you're new to the podcast, obviously I'll put the link. It's on YouTube now. I'll put the link up there. I'll put Fit Rovers up there for you as well. If anyone's interested in that area, I'll put yeah, it yeah. There for you. yeah. Um, so yeah, we got put on this documentary. Like there was me and Paul and Tom. Obviously, if you follow the podcast, I've had Tom on. And a lad called Steve. Um, Steve's. I'm trying to get Steve on. He's a tough cookie to crack. 
if you're watching this or listening, Steve, you're next. I promise you, I'll get you on. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah it is. <laughs> we all we all got put we all got put together, and then we all kind of just met up, didn't we, in uh, in Cambridge? It so it, random. Remind me, who won the crossbar challenge with us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inside, I ripped my calf about forty-eight hours before I had to get on the train. Like my calf exploded on a run. I was in the physio for like twenty-four hours before. I couldn't tell him anything. I couldn't say like, oh, I'm off to play football or whatever tomorrow. I just had to lie. So no wonder I was a bit, like, my movement was a bit shoddy. But um, is that how you got involved then? Did you get put forward from, from Fit Rovers? Yeah. What happened is that um, uh, he got a call, and uh, it's strange how it actually happened. He got a call and he said, um, I want somebody that, um, I want some case histories. I want to look through some case histories. So he said, well, I can send you um, uh, Matty Blair. He says, who's he? He's, he's a professional footballer. Plays for Doncaster Rovers. He's gone through mental health problems and, and things like that. And he went, I don't want a professional footballer. I want a normal, a normal person. I want just a regular guy. Age between... This age and that age, and he said, Well, I can give you some case histories. And he pulled mine out and he said, I want to talk to this guy. And he went, Okay. So I was at Fit Rovers this particular evening, and uh, the uh, the guy who runs it sort of like came up to me, Paul, you know, I've had this call. Um, would you like me to? Um, to put your name forward. He said, I've got to talk to you first, obviously. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm easy, mate. You know, I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, whatever it is, you know, let's get, let's get on with it, you know. And um, so then Archie contacted me. Oh. And we had a <laughs> call. Never, never heard of him. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a Skype call and it's like, yeah. Next thing, I'm meeting meeting you lot, watching yeah. that sports game against Ajax. Yeah, it was wasn't it. Yeah, we all got we all met up in uh, Cambridge at a pub, and uh, I, like I met, I know I actually used to go to uni and that up here. I know actually I've known actually a while, and he did say to me, he literally just rang me out the blue and went, "I've got this TV show I've been commissioned on. I think you'd be really good for it." I'll give you a shout in a, in a week or so if you want to fancy. I went, I went, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, mate, whatever, yeah, yeah, bye. And then, like, they think, all right. <laughs> and then, obviously, yeah. yeah, we went through like a, like a little screen, like Skype screen test type thing, didn't we, where we had yeah. a show actually, and that. And then, obviously, we got put on the, on, on the TV show and stuff. Um, how did you find the actual, actual day in the TV show? Do you enjoy it? I, I did. Uh, let you into a secret. I don't, I don't know whether you know. I thought uh, I'll go down to I'll, I'll, I'll go down to ground. So I went down to ground earlier than than I should have done. All right. So I phoned. I phoned. I'm at the ground. Don't go to ground. And it's like what? Don't go to the ground. And it's like oh why? No, come back here. We're all going together. So then he says. Then when I got back, he says, did you see anybody? No. <laughs> he says, didn't you see? I said I saw nobody. I said, there's probably only me there. I said, there are a couple of vans there. But I said, but I said, I'm presuming they're TV crew, you know. He went, did you? No, I, I said, I didn't see anybody. So 
I, I think it, it were crapping it just in case I did see, you know. But no. Um, so yeah, I, I found it. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was good. Um, uh, I, I walked in with obviously walked in with with, with Tom, and um, then there's the, the thing that that got me was all that waiting about. Ain't changing hiding us. <laughs> hiding isn't changing or keeping us entertained. Well, trying to keep us entertained. And it was like, you know, that we went when we went out, uh, football choreography. Oh, how funny was that? Weren't it? <laughs> football choreography. Me and Tom were chatting to him and was like, how that's his job. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Job. Just to tell us to run around and kick a football. I could honestly, me and Tom was like, I can't believe he's getting paid to do that. We filmed a load of Dan Walker, didn't we, at the beginning? Like loads of like chats with Dan Walker and uh, yeah. and and stuff. And none of that made it. And that was quite good, actually. Yeah. He, he couldn't believe yeah. that. He, he said, "Oh, Paul, away from Donny, blah blah blah, blah away from." He's really good, Dan, and he real slick. He's real smooth. Like, yeah, he's really good. And then uh, he asked you what he did, and you went, "Oh, I'm a." You, you was then you said, "Oh, I'm the next like psychiatric nurse." And, yeah, a psychiatric nurse with kind of mental health issues and stuff like that. <laughs> it was it was real weird. He's never like seen her or it like heard of it before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, Dan was it was it was absolutely. Um, he is smooth. Um, and, and I mean, it was, in the uh, the interview that we had uh, on BBC Breakfast, it was like he made it so easy for us. Yeah. He really did, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's he's a really really good presenter. Yeah, yeah uh, really good. Um, but yeah, um, to be honest with you, I I have I don't know what I expected, but um, when I was there, I mean, I think what we were saying is beforehand is, and I don't I I thought we were going to be playing say Cambridge United second team and you know so like and enjoying a, a game with them. That's what I thought. I didn't think we were going to have any any of these guys. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, we didn't get told anything, really. I think we got told it was it was a kickabout with, like, four fellas and with Dan Walker. was going to have a kickabout, have a chat with Dan. It was going to go out in segments, like, during yeah. the FA Cup or something, like Charity yeah. Shield or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. And then, like, we got then, obviously, then started reeling out all these Spurs players and I was quite excited. <laughs> Like Danny Rose, yeah. so they got off the plane from Amsterdam after the semi-final. Came straight, straight there. Yeah, you tell he was. You could tell he was a bit tired. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he didn't really look happy about being there, to be honest. He's still in the kit. He had a kit on, and he he, he, he did. Yeah, he had. He rolled his he rolled his trackers up, and he had all like scratches and stuff from where they kicked the oh, shit been done. Down his calf. Yeah. Scratch. Wow. Yeah. Um, they didn't. They didn't take any prisoners, did the Ajax that no. night? No. Manu, I asked him. I actually asked him about that. He almost had. Well, it was sort of semi-shot on target, and it just went to goalkeeper. You remember it near near end of game, because we were both there. We were both there in, in bar going. Go on, <laughs> and um, it basically, I asked him about that, and he said, "I had no life in my legs. They're just gone." He said it was just it was just a fairy tap. He says he said, "Well, that's all I had left in me." Yeah, it was, um, 
It was really, I, I enjoyed meeting Danny. And uh, you got put with uh, Crouch, didn't you? And, uh, I did, yeah. <laughs> Let's little little large. <laughs> Quite funny. They did that on purpose. Couldn't they did that. The, they couldn't put you in the same shot. They had to cover you with like four cameras. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, he's, the, the way we, 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 we were talking, because, you know, there were, uh, Cambridge United's football ground is a bit, it's a bit of a mishmash of stands. You've got the old style stands, and then you've got new stadium, and then you've got the you know the the, step, the concrete steps. But he had he was sort of like on almost like the bottom step, and I was on the fourth step up, and that made us same height, which was really really funny. Um, he had a, he got a phone call uh, whilst we were doing it from Abby. Oh, yeah. I reminded him to get some food on, uh, and some milk on the way home. <laughs> she didn't want to speak to you, no? <laughs> well, you know what? I was disappointed then. <laughs> Don't phone me at work, not when he's here. Um, yeah. <laughs> how did you find, how did you find talking to Croucher then? He's, 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 he's a real nice kid though, isn't he? Like, how did you find kind of telling him your kind of story? Um, I found it very easy, actually. I found it very easy uh, because he had, he had very, very similar problems with his body, you know, body conscious kind of thing, with him being so tall and gangly. Um, sure the, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he, he was saying that, you know, that he, had, he did have lots and lots and lots of issues. Um, but I, I did ask him... Uh, what his, his plans were for football, and uh, if he and I was trying to get him signed up for Rovers, but you know, and I said you brought my heart when when Stoke played Rovers in uh, in League Cup because yeah. we won, we won all, and he went he scored that uh, second goal, and he did say it's a, it's a nice place he likes going to uh, keep more. Yeah, I found uh, I got put with Danny. Obviously, if you've seen it, I, I do apologise yeah. if you haven't seen it. I got put with Danny, and he he was he was quite similar to me. Like had a few issues when he was when he was younger, and obviously moving down from he's from like your neck of the woods, and he like moving it's down so to um, to yeah, London when he was a kid and stuff. And he found it quite yeah. interesting that kind of thing. And um, Tom got put with Jermaine Genus because obviously Tom had a, an injury, and Jermaine obviously unfortunately is a bit of an injury for him during his career and stuff. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. What was your reaction after it? Did you did you have like um, any reaction kind of after it, like coming home and stuff? Oh, I was buzzing when I was driving home. I was absolutely buzzing. Um, couldn't tell anybody because we signed an NDA. Yeah. Um, my kids, when they're out round town with the mates, look at my dad with Thierry Henry. <laughs> I get that. Like. Um... Oh, like when I'm, when I'm out and stuff and people they think they always say, oh, what's the prince like? What's this like? What that's like? Oh, Prince uh, Prince uh, William was there as well. Obviously, if you've seen it, I apologise. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? I forgot about Prince him. Was there. <laughs> Thierry Henry, Gareth Southgate was there. Real nice kid, actually. Gareth, Gareth when we were talking to him at, yeah. at, uh, at the lunch time uh, over at table, um, nice bloke. Yeah. We really like interviewed nice. him, didn't we? Like we was all round this table, and we was just like interviewing Southgate about England, and we were, yeah. it was in the yeah. middle of the. Uh, it was just after the World Cup, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Did one of the questions? Did the? Um, did you? Did you talk? Uh, did you? Did you and the guys talk about what were happening at home? 
Yeah, yeah. And he actually said no, I shielded him from it. Yeah, they didn't know, did they, what was uh, on? Yeah, he wanted to keep him grounded. Um, but yeah, and then Croucher were talking about all his injuries. Yeah, his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his podcast. Yeah. Yeah, my podcast. Yeah. yeah, my podcast is doing well. Yeah, my podcast. Yeah, it's doing all right. Yeah, my podcast. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I, I, like, when I came home, it was like, I, like I didn't tell anybody. Like, I, I, we signed this secrecy thing, didn't we? And yeah. I had, um, I had an interview with a local rag, Hull, Hull Daily Mail here, and the press officer had to listen to what I was saying. So they had to go through the BBC. So their press officer for the show was um, talking at the same time during this interview. So the, the guy from Hull Daily Mail, Tom, had to ha- like pre-send the questions and stuff. So she was listening in. It was real weird. Like, what, if I said anything, she'd go, oh, no, don't put that in, please. Can you, can you change that for me? I'll ask it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing would go out. But um, actually, wait, I've got, I've still got some, actually. Well, I mean, You see oh, it? yeah. Yeah. So I took my spare shirt. I said to Archie, I'm going to wear my spare shirt. So if anyone from Tottenham was watching, they might see me having a bit of bit of trouble. They might send me some tickets and stuff. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm always thinking, always thinking. <laughs> so he went, don't take your spare shirt. What if you do? Don't, don't take your spare shirt. We're going to provide you a kit. Don't take your Tottenham shirt. So I took it anyway. And then I ended up getting them all to sign it. So it was Crouchy, Rose, and Jimmy and Genus there. So since the TV show and stuff, you, you, you've been okay in that, haven't you? And um, how's things kind of nowadays? Are you still kind of working on kind of your, your mental health a little bit? Are you still kind yeah, of... Oh, it stuff? It's been harder work since lockdown. Yeah. Been a lot harder. Um, and my... I've been, I've been up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, and, and that's because of the lack of gym. Um, lack of gym work, lack of exercise. Um, yeah, going into the garden, but now it's getting crap weather and everything else. Um, the motivation to go out in the gardens even less. You know, come on on it. I used to think, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll come home on it from a night shift, and then I'll I'll do a couple of couple of well, about eight rounds on bag. And it's like, no, I think I'll go to bed. You know. Um, but it is it is a it's get it's a, a lot harder and um I'm I'm only doing sort of like if if I'm lucky an hour a week and that's no good that's no good for me. Can you feel can you feel yourself kind of slipping back into some old habits then a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's I, it's get it's making me lazy and I don't want to be lazy. I'm just desperate. I'm just desperate to to fill the nights that I need to fill. Um, I need some gym that is doing fitness classes, uh, fitness boxing classes, um, Monday to Friday, so I can pick and choose which ones I can go to when I'm not working. Um, but it's it, it's very difficult. And, uh, and even now, because we're going into three, tier three, it's... Um, I, I, I'm... I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. Nobody's nobody's sure. Yeah, yeah. Because you're saying gyms are going to close, but they're not going to close. Not it? Not it is. It is. I mean, we've got we've got one of them JDs near us. You know, JD Gym, the franchise. Yeah. I've not been. 
and to be honest with you, I don't think I will go to one of the gyms. It's not it's not my scene. I've got with a small gym around the corner from us. Um, I've been there a couple of times in in the past, but it is one of those gyms that we were discussing earlier. It, it's not. It's one of them stick earphones in your ears and and just get on with it. It's, that's not what I want. I need, you know, I need, I, I need the, the 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 social aspect. So what are you what are you doing now for kind of keeping your mental health in check? Are you are you kind of like talking about it? Are you kind of getting out there and sorting it out? I'm trying my best. Um, I've just basically I've thrown myself into work, and um, that's a, that's all I can do. Just throw myself into work, um, and doing nights. I don't know whether it's the right thing to do or not, but yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing. At the moment, son has offered to pay for me to get my uh, my pin back. All right, okay. So once I've got my pin number back, then that's great. I'm now looking for a for an establishment to to take me on under a preceptorship, um, so I can then uh, send me money to NMC. They can then send me a corresponding training pack that they can help me with over the next three or five months. And then I take an exam at the end of it, and then I get my my pin back. Um, so I'm just in the process now of trying to find a place that can offer me a preceptorship. Okay. Um, so that's that's where I'm at, uh, and that's keeping me going at the moment. That's keeping me going. Yeah. Do you find like what you've been through and stuff, obviously, and how, how you've corrected it? Do you find that's kind of helped you now? where you are now do you think if you do find yourself slipping you know kind of what to do and yeah it's given me the tools yeah it has given me the tools uh in which to uh in which to sort of like apply um should i should i feel myself slipping um but it's for me it's that it's that spare tire that I don't want to grow. I don't want that spare tire to grow. I don't want my love handles to grow. Uh, and it's like, you know, so it's, um, I'm, 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 you know, sort of proud of myself going from a, a four extra large down to a medium and large. So, you know, um, I need that to stay there. Because I don't want to be buying any bigger clothes. What's the fortune? Exactly. It cost me a fortune to buy smaller clothes. <laughs> um, I won't keep you much longer, Paul. I appreciate your time, mate, and it's good to see you and have a chat. Um, would you, any kind of lasting advice for anyone listening, Paul? That's kind of been through something similar to you. What would you kind of, where would you kind of push them towards? Would you go kind of therapy, or would you kind of go another way? No, I'd, I'd go the way the way I went. Uh, try. I've tried therapy. Therapy. Don't I mean I've actually done therapy with people, so uh, that is sort of like it's counterproductive to what I do. But um, try and stay away from that. Try and stay away from that side of things. Um, you only start. You only, that's to me that that's almost like a, a downward spiral. Not many people come out the other end through through that kind of therapy. Um, do. By 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 all means, get involved in something like I don't know, um, uh, men ver- what is it that men versus fat uh, thing and or um, go through something like the 
a lot of places uh, do a fitness program like Fit Rovers do through Doncaster Rovers. I know Hull um, Hull have one that uh, run through them. I know that down south, um, I think Millwall have one. Um, I think Crystal Palace have one. West Ham have one. Aston Villa have one. Um, and Barnsley certainly have one. Uh, there's two in Barnsley. And they're all working on the same kind of model. Um, the EFL have, um, have got in there in, in um, working alongside Fit Rovers now. So uh, if the if EFL have recognised it, it's got to be good. Um, so yeah, I'd go down that route. Um, I'm always going to I'm always going to promote boxing, but boxing you you either like like it or or love it. You know, I I've spoken to people who are like six foot odd tall, and they said, "Well, my dad tried to get me into boxing, but I'm leather shy." <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it, it it's it's horses for course on that one. But I certainly would try these. Um, they're they're all I mean they're run by charities anyhow. They are you know, um, it's it's sort of like um, donated money and, and and whatever that that that, um, that runs it. Um, but it's yeah, it, it's great. And uh, the other thing that that I'm missing is singing. Yeah. I'm not allowed. Can not you mind? Crap. <laughs> Can you lip sync? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's basically, I mean, I, a lot of my friends who are, who are singers aren't even doing it anymore. They're just driving for, say, Tesco's or whatever. Because when during furlough and everything else, uh, they had to find somewhere to, to work. You know, I, I just, I do the singing uh, for reasons, my personal reasons. And, and it's like, I, I prefer to do care homes and nursing homes, that kind of thing. So it's like you're engaging with the uh, with the residents, and they love it. And I can be daft, and they can uh, and they love it when I'm when I'm acting daft and, and things like that. So I can do some stupid songs like "Knees Up Mother Brown" for them and things like that. And it's like they love it. Um, yeah. I suppose they can't get up and can't get up and leave that quick, can they? Well, no, no. Give <laughs> like, mate. Captive audience, they're not going to go out for a smoke when, when it turns on. They are going to walk out, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been great chatting to you, mate. I really appreciate your time. You too, pal. You too. Um, thanks for sharing, obviously, your story and, and your advice with people out there. Um, I will put the, the Fit Rovers link up there, and I'll put the documentary up there if, you want, if anybody hasn't seen it before. Yeah. I ain't got anything like I ain't got any like nightclub deals out of it. No free, no free, no nothing. Feel me? <laughs> no, no one's giving me any deals either. I mean, it's like you know. I thought we'd have had summit, mate. I thought, I thought, definite Love Island or something like that. Big Brother, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Just the undertaker. Exactly. <laughs> What's this space? <laughs> um, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. I really do appreciate it. No, no story and stuff, mate. And uh, I'm sure everyone's appreciated you kind of sharing some things you've never shared before. So, yeah. uh, really appreciate it, mate. And thanks for thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. No worries.